Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Just think for a second, concentrate on the whole, the beauty of his holiness. Think about when we all come together, when the choirs are there, when our praise team has showed up, and when our worship team have assembled themselves together, and then all the many languages around the world have come together into God's chamber. What a time, what a time, what a time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, God. How merciful and how gracious and how loving, how kind he is. I thank God for himself, for being our God, our Father, our Savior, one that we can call on at any time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, giving honor to God, who's the head of my life and the head of the life of my family, to, pa to Pastor Preston, to my church family, to our friends, and those of you that are joining us online, I count it truly as an honor to be entrusted with the word today for you. Today's title message is, Papa, I Need You. In our uh, several weeks ago, uh, we were studying in Psalms 13 in our men's Bible study. And it, it is where David felt as if he was being abandoned by God. After our discussions, a couple of the men asked me, they said, the next time you get an opportunity to minister, would you minister on being abandoned? Let me read for you what the 13th Psalm says. This is David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Day after day, I have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemies triumph over me? Look at me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemies will say I have overcome him. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Let us take a moment to pray. Most gracious and wonderful God, we come to you thanking you. We know that you be to be full of grace and mercy. We welcome your presence in this place. It is my prayer today that those that are in bondage, that they be set free that you give hope to the hopeless and help us to build our faith and our trust in you. 
Now I ask that you help your messenger speak with clarity and simplicity for all to understand. Amen. Most of you know me as Reverend Tony. I've been honored to have served in the ministry for over 30 years. Being in the ministry is... <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Being in the ministry is a high calling, and I don't take it for granted. I have fulfilled many roles and have had many duties over the years. Here at PGC, for instance, I've worked in the summer food program. I have traveled as a missionary throughout the world, and I'm currently teaching a weekly Bible study. <laughs> Amen. But let me tell you, my most important job is being a grandfather. I have... <laughs> I have six grandchildren, and the seventh grandchild is scheduled to be here sometime in November. My, grand <laughs> my grandchildren, they call me Papa. It's my favorite name of all the names they've called me over the years. But I understand it comes with a great deal of responsibility, more than I anticipated. We also have a special needs grandchild that lives in Atlanta. We try to get down there to visit her as often as possible. I have five grandchildren here, and I, I'm involved with them, driving them all over the triangle since they live so close. You can find me taking them to the doctor's office, over to the dentist's office. I, I, um, I, I'm also, you can, as a matter of fact, you can find me in the carpool line every day of the week because I'm either delivering or, 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 or bringing them forward. I'm taking care of my grandchildren as often as I can be involved in their lives. So being a grandfather has stretched me in more ways than I could have ever thought. <laughs> I never imagined, especially at this time, when I thought my life was going to get a little bit easier. You see, I retired about four years ago after working 47-plus years. I had looked forward. I had looked forward to retirement because of the stories that I had heard from those folks that were retired. They always looked so relaxed and so rested. People like Brother Joe Johnson would talk about the, sin, uh, the tennis circuit, and Brother Royal Mack would talk about the enjoyment of playing around the golf. And I had thought about getting involved with those activities. Deacon Ophelia used to tell us about how much she enjoyed taking cruises. So Rose and I, my wife, we were plotting on all the future cruises that we would take. And then there's Sister Veronica Garrett. Well, who else enjoys life like her? She, you, if, if you don't believe me, just check out the Facebook pages. It talks about her journey. She's the one that says she can go and do anything she wants to at a drop of a hat. So I was looking forward to be able to be that free. Nothing tying me down, going where I wanted to go, when I wanted to go. Amen. Um, everything was going pretty smooth for me in my retirement after listening to all of that. But the first few weeks of my retirement, they were pretty smooth. I was able to get a lot of things done around the house, you know, those honeydew list things. And I was able to get them finished. I was able to take a nap in the afternoon. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to take a nap when the body is tired. And when you are retired, you can stay up as late as you want and get up any time of the day. 
My wife used to look at me sideways when she would come in from work because, see, she expected me to have dinner online. But listen, I am retired. Yes, yes, I was truly living the retired life, and I was enjoying it. Then about three months into my retirement, my daughter Courtney had her first daughter, Mackenzie. And she asked me if I would babysit her all day, five days a week. It was one of those drop-the-mic moments. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, it was a game-changer for me. See, I never really thought um, uh, of being a babysitter. As a matter of fact, I never wanted to be a babysitter. I was retired. I had gotten used to going to bed and getting up any time of the day that I wanted to. But all of that took, all of that took me by holding her. All that it took was me holding Mackenzie for the first time. My heart melted. I wanted to protect her. I would have moved heaven and earth for her. So I reluctantly agreed to be a babysitter. I knew that I, ch chances are I wouldn't be the best babysitter, but for certainly I wouldn't be the worst. And I came at a very cheap, cheap price. My daughter, my, daughter, <laughs> my daughter, Courtney, had a job where she works from home. So when Mackenzie was born, she started working out of my home, that old vacant office that I used to have. And it was convenient for us because whenever she took a break, she could come downstairs and visit with us. Or if there was ever an emergency, she was only a few steps away. The biggest problem that I had was the fact that I didn't know what to do with a newborn baby. Even though my wife and I, we had four children. My job had me traveling quite a bit, so most of the child rearing, it fell on my wife. She was usually the one who fed them and changed their diapers. She was the one that they snuggled up to when they were sick. She was the one that understood their needs when they cried. I helped out when I could, but she was the expert. My children had learned to turn to my wife for most of their nurturing, especially when they were babies. So I'm sure you can uh, understand my reluctancy to be a babysitter, a newborn baby at that. I had to learn how to take care of a helpless, poopy kid that would pee and spit up over all of my clothes at the most inopportune time. Everything I did, I had to do it with her in my arms. For instance, I used to, I, I, as a matter of fact, I still do, but I teach at the, the noonday Wednesday, noonday Bible study, and I had to learn how to teach as well as tend to her. My class mates sometimes, they would ask if they could take her for me, and yes, they could for a moment, but she would very quickly gravitate back to my arms. In the beginning of my relationship with Mackenzie, I think I changed my clothes more often than I changed her diapers. So I learned that having children means that they are in control. You catch some sleep when they sleep. You learn songs that they want to sing. You read the books that they want to read. You watch the television shows that they want to watch. At 68 years old, I never thought I would be laughing with them on shows like Peppa Pig. I never thought I would look forward to cartoons like Paw Patrol and Bluey, the blue dogs, now it's part of our lives. 
And about two years after Mackenzie was placed in my arms, here comes her sister, Alea. Can you imagine babysitting? Both of them has brought me a ton of joy. I have been able to... <laughs> I have been able to introduce them to some of their favorite foods, Cheerios, oatmeal, pancakes, bacon, and they love it when I butter the bread on both sides. Yes, I was there when they took the first steps. I was there to potty train them. I spent so much time with them that I even sensed when they were getting sick. That's what happens when you spend a lot of time with someone you care for. One thing they had gotten into a habit of was having me carry them around, one in each arm. We've pretty much got our days down to a routine of eating and playing and reading and watching television. The neighbors know at a certain time of the day they can find us out on their tricycle, either them running me down or me running after them. We've gotten our lives together. So we pretty much um, have gotten used to each other. The neighbors know What's going on? I don't mind playing with the dolls and playing with Legos. That's all part of the process. Most days when they take a nap, I take a nap. But if they don't take a nap, guess what? I don't get a nap. I don't get a nap. No, I didn't think my retirement would turn out this way, but it's absolutely, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's nothing like I thought retirement would be. Both Mackenzie and Alea, they say something to me sometimes. They probably don't understand what they're, they understand what they're saying, but they don't know how it's touched me. It's when they use their favorite expression, is that I, it, it, the favorite expression is, Papa, I need you. Now, let me translate. That means pick me up. They usually say that when they're in trouble, when they want me to come to their rescue to pick them up. Sometimes they say it when they're not in trouble, but they don't want to do something like walking up and down the stairs on their own. They say, Papa, I need you. When they're out on their swings, they call me, Papa, I need you. When they just want to rest in my arms, they say, Papa, I need you. Sometimes they say it when they've gotten in trouble with me or even their parents, and they want me to pick them up to save them from a spanking. And I've always responded so much to those four words that they know they can count on me to be there to rescue them every time I hear those four words. Papa, I need you. I'll become their superhero, swooping in and rescuing them when they're in trouble. I'll become their arms to carry them. I'll become the one who feeds them when they're hungry. I'm the one that plays with them when they want to play. I'm the one that, they, that, that rocks them to sleep when it's time to go to sleep, and I'm the one that cleans up after they've made a mess. About a year ago, uh, I had a four-day weekend uh, from babysitting. The girls showed up that following Monday morning, and Mackenzie refused to get out of her car seat. She wanted me to come out and unbuckle her. As soon as I came, she says, Papa, where have you been? Before I could get it out, she says, were you lost? I believe that's what David felt like. He was calling on the father. The father was not present, and he wanted to know, where are you? He was complaining, God's absence. David is not like my grandchildren, who grew up depending on others to help them with everything. David is an adult man. 
a warrior, probably the most popular man in Israel. I'm sure it's not easy to be as vulnerable as he is when he writes this psalm. It's never easy when you have to rely on other people to do everything for you. In this psalm, David talks about his feeling how God had abandoned him. I'm sure at times, uh, one time, another, we've all felt like David felt, like God wasn't hearing our prayers. I'm sure there have been times in all of our lives when we felt like God has just abandoned us. To be abandoned means that you have been left or deserted. To be abandoned also means that someone has turned their back on you. Abandoned. That's how David felt when he writes this psalm. David was someone that God had called to be the second king of Israel. It was an assignment that he didn't even ask for, but God chose him. And unfortunately, when God called David to be second king of Israel, the first king of Israel, Saul, was still around. And Saul was not happy. Saul, matter of fact, he said, the best thing I can do is just get rid of him. And for more than four years, Saul chased after David. He did not want to give up his throne. Kind of ring a bell? He didn't want to give up his seat of position. <laughs> Saul sought him to kill him. See, that's a long time to be running from the most powerful man in the nation and his army. Not only did David have to run, but his whole family was in turmoil. David's life was turned upside down for something that he didn't ask God to do. Those were some of the toughest times in David's life. It had gotten so bad that David was forced to live in caves. Have you ever been in a cave? It's not a nice place to be. If I had been called by God to be king, I would have expected better accommodations. David went hungry during that time. He would get so hungry at times that he would go out to beg for bread. Can you imagine how humiliating that was for him? The future king of Israel begging people for food. I'm sure it was probably cold at times and wet, just like a dog without a home. None of this seemed fair, does it? Remember, David didn't ask to be king. It's something that God wanted. The situation was so bad that David needed God to be there for him 24-7. He was living on the edge. David was as helpless as my granddaughters when they were first put in my arms. He was totally dependent on God for all of his needs. He needed God to hide him. He needed God to protect him. He needed God to, to clothe him. He needed God to feed him. He needed God to comfort him. He needed God to assure him when he got scared, and David was scared a lot. I'm sure it was no coincidence that when, as soon as David received his anointing to be king, God allowed him to become totally dependent on him. David had been a great warrior. He had fought many battles. He had killed his Goliath. This great warrior is now reduced to being totally helpless. Like most of our, my grandchildren when they were first put into my arms, totally helpless. When he writes the 13th Psalm, he, uh, he's at a point 
that he feels like God has abandoned him. He was scared. He was disappointed. He felt alone. Like his prayers were hitting the ceilings and just falling back on him. He was thinking that God doesn't even know where he is or what he is going through. David wrote not only for himself, but for believers down through the years. It was a dark time for David. He found out something about God that he was able to pass on to all of us. He wrote about them in the other Psalms. He, he found God to always be there with us. He found God to, who has his eyes on us constantly. He found out that God is big enough to supply all of our needs. God, David found out that when it seems like we're going down for the count, God can come down and swoop us in and rescue us and take care of our enemies. David found out that God's promises are true. David found out that God loves us whether we're dirty or clean. David found out that God loves us whether we're good or bad. David found out that God was able to take care, to take him from the cave and put him on a throne. David found out that these are God's favorite four words also. Papa, I need you. I love my grandchildren with the type of love I never knew I could have for them. But God loves them even more. He loves each one of us more than I can love my grandchildren. God is more attentive to our needs than we could ever be for ourselves. I'll be honest with you, sometimes I've fallen asleep on my grandchildren, but God never falls asleep. The Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. In the fifth verse in Psalms 13, this is what David declares about God. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord praises for he has been good to me. David learned to trust God. God came through for him. God not only came through for him, but God was good to him. Not only was God good to him, he was very good to him. So David went from writing in Psalms 13 to over in Psalms 146. And this is what David declares about God. He says he is the maker of heaven and earth, the seas and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner. And he sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. That is who David found God to be, a faithful God, a victorious God, our creator who cares about what we're going through. David reminds us that God is the same yesterday, help me out here, today and forever. The same God who came to David's rescue is the same God who's working for us today. There will be times when all of us will feel like God has abandoned us. But God is not the type of father or papa who abandons the ones he loves. When we cry out, Papa, I need you, 
God's heart melt, just like Papa's heart melts. When we cry out, Papa, I need you, God will move heaven and earth to be there for us. When we cry out, Papa, I need you, we demonstrate that we can't do anything on our own, and we are not supposed to. Some things God just wants to get involved in our life and do it for us and through us. When we cry out, Papa, I need you, it is to a God who wants us to need him, who delights when we're responding by reaching our arms up to him. Don't be afraid to say, Papa, I need you, especially in the midnight hour. I say, Papa, I need you. When you're going through on your job, you know how folks can be on your job. Just call Papa, I need you. When you're hurting in your body and you just can't seem to get well, call on him, Papa, I need you. He is a deliverer. He is a strong tower. He's the one we can call to do anything but fail. Our beloved father, father, our Papa, saints of God, I dare you to call on him. Papa, I need you. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. And there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.